What is up, y'all? Welcome back to last night this morning. After a end of the first half break, we are back to being MLB Pro's favorite daily podcast. Getting back into the swing of things as we were actually going to start producing two real podcasts outside the MLB Pro world with a buddy of mine uh, starting next week. So, uh, you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Best laid intentions tend to fail, I guess. Um, it, we had an all-star break. We had a first half of the season. I think what we're going to do tomorrow, seeing as how we only have a single game picking off tonight, uh, tomorrow we'll do some second-half predictions. I'll see if I can drag my man Anonymous in on that. Uh, or at least get some second-half predictions from the crew in the league, and, and we can see where we can go from there. Uh Today, I want to preview the series that are about to start to kick off the second half, right? We'll start with a quick rundown of <coughs> what the league looks like right now. Uh, we will then go into the series previews, and uh, we'll cut it there, right? So as far as a first half wrap-up, let's take a look at the standings in the divisions. Uh, as there is not a real runaway winner anywhere. In fact, the largest lead in any division is the National League East, and it is four games. And that's one of the divisions I'm least confident in the way it's going to finish. So uh, let's go ahead and start. We'll start at the top, right? The American League East is currently owned as it should be by the Toronto Blue Jays, 45 and 44. They are two and a half games up on the Baltimore Orioles, despite, again, not being able to pull away from that 500 mark. <clears throat> now, there are some things that you need to know about the, the Toronto Blue Jays. They are a plus 73 run differential. Now, that is. Third worst for a division leader. Now that is also keeping in mind that there is a division leader that's only plus three in run differential. But the significant piece here is they are 167 runs better in run differential than the team in second place, the Baltimore Orioles. And they're over, the only thing they're not 100 runs better than are the Yankees who are in fourth place, right? So the run differential tells me that the Blue Jays are the best team in the division by a wide margin. I mean, we've all known that, right? Their Pythagorean record is nine games better than the Yanks, which is the second best in this division. But we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. So right now, the Blue Jays have a two-and-a-half-game lead over the Orioles with 89 games to go. The Orioles are in second place at 43 and 47. That's right, second place, four games under 500, two-and-a-half back of the Blue Jays with a run differential of negative 90, right? So, I mean, if that tells you anything about where this team is, I don't know what the hell to tell you. I can't believe the Orioles are in second place. Red Sox, third place, 43 and 48, three games back of the Jays, half game back of the Orioles. The Yankees are at 42 and 48, three and a half back of the Jays, half game back of the Sox, a game back of the Orioles. And then the Rays, who have made a number of moves lately, uh, are now at 39 and 51, six and a half back of the Jays, three back of the Yanks, so on and so forth. Right? That is the American League East, one of the weirdest standings. You'll ever see it should, in all likelihood, probably be Blue Jays, Yankees, Red Sox, Orioles, or, or Rays, Orioles. Um, but this is what you're looking at. The Central Twins have been like lava hot, lava hot lately, and they sit at the top of the division. We're talking nine and two in July. I mean, that's a pretty goddamn good start. If they sit at the top of the American League Central, three and a half games up on Cleveland, who is 48 and 43. <clears throat> Both of these teams in the positive, well in the positive run differential, 77 for the Twins, 60 for Cleveland. <sighs> 
it's it's been a fun ride. I mean, the big difference here, I guess, if you want to pick something out, is that the Twins have been almost uh, winning twice as many games as they lose against left-handed pitching, whereas the, the India, excuse me, Cleveland is is you know one game under. Um, so anyway, they're three and a half back of Minnesota. The Royals sit at forty-one and forty-eight, nine and a half back as this division was a three-team race for a while, quickly becoming a two-team race as the Royals fall back to where they probably should be, uh, which is a sub-500 team for the year. The Tigers are 18.5 back at 33-58 and 58 as they just continue to fall further and further behind. Tons of young talent on this team, not ready to compete quite yet. They'll be up here in 2023, I would assume, really competing heavily for an American League Central title, depending on what the Twins and Cleveland are able to do to retool as their teams age. And then finally, the White Sox at the bottom at 32-59. and 59. As their losing streak continues, they sell off pieces. Again, we've talked a little bit about what they brought in. I'd love some of the, the pieces, some of the bats, some of the arms they've been able to bring in, specifically Spencer Torkelson. Just looks like an awesome, awesome bat at the top of this division, or top of this uh, system, excuse me, that they got. Uh, exchange for Chris Sale, right? And they also brought in John Butler, who's in the major leagues right now and, and pitching as poorly as I would have expected him to in, in Chicago. So that is a look at the central as we talked about, this will be a two-team race going forward between the Twins and Cleveland, right? As it probably should have been all along. Brings us to the American League West, which is just as competitive as ever. Currently, the Angels to the top at 62 and 29. They are plus 151 in run differential, 30 and 16 at home. Basically, every statistic you look at across the board, uh, they are spectacular. Outside of the extra innings piece, where they're three and five, and, and they're five and five over the last ten, right? But they're still the gold standard of the West. The Mariners are two games back at sixty and thirty-one. Uh, they are currently at a plus one sixty-one run differential. Uh, in fact, their Pythagorean record has them two under where they are. The Angels two over, so really you could flip these two, but you can probably do that at any point in the season, and, and that would be a true statement. Um, but the Mariners sitting here two games back. The red-hot Houston Astros are making this more interesting than I would have expected. They were at a plus-86 run differential uh, where they really excel. They were 21-8 and eight in one-run games, which is carrying this record pretty heavily. Uh, but they're still a very good baseball team. Again, plus-86 in the run differential. They're 57-34, five games behind the Angels, only three back of the Mariners. As this is very, very, really a three-team race. This was a two-team race for a long time, and the Astros were outside looking in for a wild-card spot. They are legitimately in the chase for the division title here. I still don't think they get there, but it's impressive to see what they've been able to pull off here. Uh, and there are some trade rumors circling out of Houston that they're looking to bring in a bat or another arm here. So it'll be interesting to see what they do down the stretch. Behind them, 19 and a half games back, you have the Oakland A's at 43 and 49. They are who they are. The biggest, most interesting thing is that they just can't hit left-handed pitching. 11 and 21 against lefties, 32 and 28 against righties. Different teams on both sides of the spectrum. Four negative 46 run differential, and then the Texas Rangers. Right? I mean, they got up to a slow start. That has continued as they are 38 and 52, 23 and a half out of the division. They will be a non-factor down the stretch, other than maybe spoil a couple of stories, uh, spoil a couple runs if they can manage that. Getting out of the American League, <clears throat> heading to the National League, of the National League East, which, again, I mentioned is the largest lead to this point, but the one I'm least confident in, and that is the Washington Nationals atop this division at 52-38. and 38. They are 17-5 and five in one-run games, have a run differential of plus three to sit at the top of this division. So you can kind of make of that what you will. Um, 
but their Pythagorean record has them to plus seven, right? So in theory, based on the run differential, they should be a 500 baseball team. And the Bra uh, Braves, excuse me, who sit behind them at 48 and 42 currently are negative five. Their Pythagorean record puts them at 53 and 37, which puts them eight games over the Nats. So, uh, you know, whatever. This Pythagorean is make up. What's real is what's real, and the Nationals are four games up. But this will be interesting. The Braves are plus 71 in run differential. They've struggled in one-run games. In fact, they're one of the worst teams in one-run games, 9-18. and 18. The Anonymous GM did bring up the fact that it was probably a big piece of – they had the wrong pitchers in the wrong positions. Riley Pint and John Howe have now taken over the stopper roles with Max Fried coming back in about a month and a half. So hopefully down the stretch of the, Reds, uh, the Braves – bullpen improves and gets more consistent and we can get this thing ironed out but for now they sit four games back of the Nats ten and a half back of the Nationals six and a half back of the Braves at the Philadelphia Phillies at 41 and 48 45 games 45 runs excuse me below um even if you will I don't know how why I said that so poorly They're a mild four game winning streak and playing good ball here they're a good team they just can't get any consistency out of what they've got on the field so I wouldn't expect them to be able to really hold together for a long time the Marlins sit behind them at 39 and 52, 13 and a half back of the Nationals. Still good young baseball team, not pulling the trigger on selling any pieces. So who knows what kind of run they can make in the second half. And then you have the Mets at the bottom at 37 and 53. And every time we try to bury them, they make a run and win five straight. And every time we try to celebrate that they're the best team in this division again, they go and they lose three straight and they're three and seven in their last 10. Currently, they sit 15 games out of first place behind the Nationals, 11 games back of the Braves in second. They are a negative 66 run differential. Uh, again, 11 and 14. The only team winning one run games in this division is the Nationals, which is why they're in first place. In the National League Central, the Milwaukee Brewers finished the first half of the year at 56 and 36, 20 games over 500 with a plus 70 run differential and 14 and seven in one run games. They're also six and four over their last 10 as they were able to right the ship after scuffling for a little bit. Three games back of them are the Pittsburgh Pirates at 52 and 38. They are plus 20 run differential, five and five over the last 10, though they did win three straight to finish out the first half. Um, they have been up and down. They've made a lot of moves. We did an entire podcast discussing the Pirates' moves and where they're going. Uh, I would imagine they get passed here pretty quickly by the next team in the division, which is the St. Louis Cardinals, three and a half out of first, only half game back of the Pirates. Uh, with 91 to play. So they do an extra game to play here down the stretch. They're seven and three over their final 10 in the first half, plus 58 run differential. They are clearly, in my eyes, the second best team in this division behind the Brewers, maybe even the first best ahead of the Brewers. So I expect them to be, this be a three team race for a while before the Pirates kind of drift back a little bit. And it's the Brewers and Cardinals down the stretch. Cubbies at 40 and 51, 15 and a half back have never been relevant this season. They will continue to not be relevant. Negative 50 in run differential. Uh, for them, and then the Reds at 39 and 52, 16 and a half out. Nobody expected them to win, although they are 13 and nine in one run games. So they're playing good baseball in close games. They're just not a very good baseball team right now. Out west, and what has been one of the wilder first halves between the two teams at the top of this division, you have the Diamondbacks at 55 and 37, uh, seven and three over their last 10, and they won three straight to close out the first half and to actually take the lead as the Rockies lost three straight to fall back. Rockies at two games back at 52 and 38, a plus 100 run differential for the Rockies, plus 103 for the Diamondbacks. Outside of the top two teams, which are the only two that really matter in this division for the moment, you have the Padres at 42 and 50, 13 games back with a plus nine run differential. And you have the Dodgers at 13 and a half back, 41 and 50. And this team interests me just because they've, they've made some acquisitions. They did not sell. Wasn't anything massive, right? But Kurt Franklin... Uh, the all-star coming out to um, 
LA is very interesting to me and seeing what he is capable of doing for this team. Right, so the Dodgers, 13 and a half. Back. I don't think they catch anybody in this division, but they'll be fun down the stretch and they'll be a harder out than they have been to this point. And finally, then you have the Giants at 35 and 54, the National League's worst team. They are 18 and a half games back, 8 and 22 in one run game. So there is somebody significantly worse than the Braves, um, <clears throat> although I guess not that much. Really, they're the second worst team in baseball behind the White Sox. That is your standings for now. You also look at the wild cards. Uh, right now, you got the. Well, you got the Mariners and the Astros taking up the two spots in the American League with Cleveland nine games back of, of them. And, and you've got the Pirates and the Rockies taking up uh, the first two spots here out west. Or in the National League, excuse me, Cardinals half game back and the Braves four games back of that as well. So that, that's the first half recap. You know, if you want to look at what's going on <coughs> with these guys, that's what you're looking at. As far as going forward. Uh, we have a bunch of series kicking off. You have Red Sox, Yankees, Marlins, Phillies, Padres, Nationals, Mets, Pirates, Rangers, Blue Jays, Twins, Tigers, Brewers, Reds, Rays, Braves, um, Orioles, Royals, Astros, White Sox, Giants, Cardinals, Dodgers, Rockies, Cubbies, D-backs, Cleveland and Oakland, and Seattle, and the Angels. A lot of fun series kicking off the back half here a lot of rivalries right the one interesting one that kind of an outlier here is the rays and the, and the braves i don't understand the strange little interleague uh, there's got to be another one out here somewhere interleague play to kick it off uh, on the back half but you know you, you get what you get i guess let's look real quickly at the red Sox and the the yankees and take it off tonight alone it'd be garrett cole versus nate yavaldi um for the yankees and the red Sox, two teams well under 500, trying to keep pace with the Jays. If I had to take a pick, I'll tell you, I got the Yankees tonight. Yeah, Yankees at home. I'll take the Yanks winning this one. You know, I was going to do a series preview, but I don't really think I need to after going through the standings. Let's leave it as that for now. That's the standings. That's first half recap uh, very briefly on where everybody stands. I think tomorrow what we'll do is go through the series previews and some, some predictions. Maybe what we'll do here real quickly before we take a look at, take a, a leave is we'll take a look at your first half leaders, right? Uh, your first half leader for the batting average in the American League, Brett Lowry, leads that category, followed by Gustavo Lopez and Gary Copeland. Uh, very quickly, tied with Todd Kuhn and Anthony Kerr will be your top five. Home run leaders for the American League, Giancarlo Stanton at 32, Martin Lopez at 28, Ramon Zaragoza at 28. He's on the block, by the way. Uh, Miguel Sano at 27. And Jorge Ayala at 26 in Cleveland. RBI leaders, Gary Copeland at 83. Giancarlo Stanton at 77. Jorge Ayala at 76. And Norman Rosara at 76 as well. Let's switch to OPS+. Plus. The OPS leaders, Gary Copeland at a 1.032 OPS+. Plus. Brett Lowry, Chris Betts, Giancarlo Stanton, and Jorge Ayala. You're seeing a lot of names repeated here as you go down these lists. Um, you know, just because you probably have to expect that. Ricardo Rosa leads the National League and stolen base, or American League, excuse me, at 34, followed by Elliot Jenkins, Gustavo Lopez, Mark Baker, and Martin Lopez of the Twins. This dude is absolutely having an MVP-style season, and if, if they end up winning, you have to you have to think about giving him this that, that award. Um very quickly on the bad side, Jack McNeil leads the National League, American League of Strikeouts, excuse me, with Joe Adele, Miguel Sano, George Springer, and Arturo Cruz. Not that far behind them there. 
I think that's it for offensive categories. We want to take a look at the American League. On the National League side, your leaders. <clears throat> Hideki Abe leads the National League in batting average by about 21 points at 343, followed by Ed Palmer, Greg Bird. By the way, Hideki Abe, Ed Palmer, Greg Bird, all former Braves. Fun fact. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero and Ed Harris are your top five. In the National League, home runs, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., 24, followed by Ralph Scholl in Philadelphia, uh, Jeremy Scott of Arizona, Rafael Castillo in Cincinnati, and Michael Conforto of Pittsburgh. RBI, Steve Winner of the Colorado Rockies, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Ryobi Kamita, Taylor Sparks, and J.D. Martinez. Leave there your OPS Plus leaders for the National League. Ed Palmer at 99, at 999, Vlad Guerrero Jr., 993, Juan Soto, Hideki Abe, Greg Bird and Taylor Spark for out your top six. Stolen bases. Hideki A, once again, 38. Wendell Ayers at 30. Ed Harris, 25. Jeff Brooks at 24. And Juan Sanchez at 24 as well. Just a real quick uh, shout to my man, Jake Mangum. He's been thrown out 14 times in San Francisco. Uh, and then on the negative side, Jordan Alvarez leading <coughs> strikeouts, 129. Matt Kirkland, Ronald Acuna Jr., Kwon Young Wei, and Michael Conforto round out the top five there on the pitching side of things let's start in uh the original league here for the baseball's older league the national league the senior circuits what they call it bobby milton leads your era uh you want to do era no we don't want to do era what do we want to do i mean i guess we don't really have a ERA. let's do era plus bobby milton leads your era plus uh in the national league clayton kershaw shohei otani Jeffrey Stone and Jeff LeBlanc round out that little um, conundrum. The batting average against Shohei Otani, Bobby Milton, Dave Smith, Gary Griffith, and Colby Allard will run out that. The quality starts leader will be Clayton Kershaw and Andrew Morales. Um, I guess let's look at strikeouts, too. Yeah, let's look at strikeouts. Uh, your strikeout leader is Alberto Vega with 152, followed by Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer, Shohei Otani, and Jeffrey Stone. Um uh, so yeah, that's that's the two complete game shutouts belong to Alberto Vega. That's a that's a rarity in today's game, but he is the guy that if the Mets are coming back, like they keep saying they are, he's gonna have to carry them. There's a couple other people in that list as well. Um, in the American League, the ERA plus leaders: Danny Holton, no surprise. Mark Appel, number two. Drew Locke, John Lester, and Justin Hooper. So three Mariners on top of that list. I guess that's not really a surprise. Batting average against Mark Appel. Justin Hooper, Danny Holton, the top three are all Mariners. Uh, 206 for Danny Holton being the high mark on that, and followed by Lucas Giolito and Matthew Liberator for the Tigers. Your strikeout leaders would be Lucas Giolito, Danny Holton, Steven Strasburg, Bill Black, and Justin Hooper. Nobody in the National American League, excuse me, is throwing full game shutouts. Is Avery Bradley, Archie Bradley, is your leader with one tied with about 15 other dudes. That's been your stats update. That's been your first half recap, really briefly. Uh, and we will talk to you all soon. Bye.